0: All right, all right. Time for the big reveal, I suppose. So, for those of you who've been following my Twitter account recently and have been a little bit baffled at the stance that I've been taking, and I've got a lot of messages about that. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why I'm doing what I'm doing. And for those of you who think it's not important, well, let me just tell you that it really is. So, a couple of weeks ago, so I read this. Report uh, was in the newspaper about uh, the woman who created sex and the city. Was it Can- Candace Bushell or something like that? She really, really regretted not having children. You know, she felt lonely, she felt isolated, and so on. And that you know was a topic I've touched on from time to time. But I dug into it a little bit more, and I pointed out that. Uh, Men gather resources in order to attract fertile women, and women accentuate their youth and fertility in order to attract a man with more resources. This is not that complicated. It's the old song, your daddy's rich and your mama's good-looking, and that's just the reality of how biology works. It doesn't mean that we can't love each other. It doesn't mean we can't have wonderful relationships. But the reason that we're here is because men have sex with fertile women. Duh, right? And also that fertile women have babies with men who can provide enough resources for the women and the children to survive, right? So remember throughout most of human evolution, women were continually having babies because famine, disease, war, starvation, you name it, all of these were rapidly and and progressively decimating the human ranks, right? During the last ice ice age, human beings were down to like 10,000 people. And so to maintain the population, women had to have babies pretty much uh, all the time, And so fertility was very important. Any man who overlooked fertility, his genes did not reproduce, right? If you've got some saggy-faced cougar fetish, well, I'm afraid that your genes aren't going to reproduce. And any woman who had children with a man who would not provide for her, for the most part, those children would not survive because women were disabled by continual childbirth and breastfeeding and taking care of Young children, like I've been a stay-at-home dad for 10 years, young children are basically death magnets, and you have to be very alert, and this is in a sort of uh, a child-proofed home, you have to be very alert to keep track of the wee bairns and make sure they don't will, will die. You know, uh, that's that's <laughs> kind of important. So, So that's the reality. Women looked for men who could provide, and men looked for women who were fertile, right? Which is why uh, if a woman wants to find a man attractive, usually he's draped in some sort of expensive shirt or in a nice suit or a tuxedo or something like that because that shows that he has resources, money. Uh, and if a man wants to find a woman attractive, then she's usually topless, showing off her curves, her clear skin, her lustrous hair, and so on, right? So this is not hugely complicated. It may be that I read Desmond Morris's The Naked Ape just a little bit too young. I think it was about 10 before I read that and then read The Human Zoo this is not complicated stuff. This is, you know, basic biology. So I started talking about that, about how a woman's fertility declines significantly in her 30s and really tapers off in her 40s. By the time a woman is 30, 90% of her eggs are dead. And doesn't mean she can't have babies, but it means like there's usually a five-year window for women to to go from wanting babies to having babies or assuming they're not in a relationship, right? So you've got to You gotta find a guy. You gotta date a guy. That guy's gotta be the right guy. You gotta date for a while, find out if you're compatible. You gotta get engaged. You gotta get married. You gotta live together for a little bit and work all that stuff out before you start having babies. So, yeah, it's a five year window. So, if a woman's single at the age of 30, when 90% of her eggs are dead, she's in trouble. There's a reason why it's called the wall. And the wall isn't like, oh no, she can't have babies. But it means she either has to rush making a family, in which case she's more likely to make a mistake, or she's going to have to try and attract a guy who wants babies and who is willing to start having babies with a woman in her mid-30s, which is, can be very expensive. You, you might need IVF treatments. You might need to, to get your FSH levels checked. You might need a whole lot of stuff. There may be more – there will be more miscarriages and so on. And if you want more than one or two children – and you start dating a woman who's 30 or over, you're not going to get what you want, most likely. It could happen, right? The not all X are like that. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely exceptions. There are women who have babies in their 40s, but you know there are people who win the lottery. That doesn't mean that you never have to save for your old age, right? I mean, There are exceptions, but that's kind of how you know the rules, right? So, yeah, and I was pointing out the basic facts that uh, risks of downs, risks of various genetic deformities and so on, they go up, and these are... Are basic facts, right? And everybody lost their minds. Lost their minds. Why? Well, I'll tell you why, but let me get on to the next part, right? This is the basic facts. I want people to be happy. I don't want women to get into their 30s, start looking for good men, and find out this basic fact that a 20 year old woman is at the height of her desirability. A man in his 30s or early 40s with a good job who's a decent guy is at the height of his desirability, right? That's that's kind of weird, right? So I pointed it out that women are born wealthy in terms of like born being like sexual adulthood, which is sort of 18 plus, right? Women are born wealthy and they grow poor because their youth, their attractiveness, their sexiness, their looks are going to fade. Now, men are born poor – but grow rich, right? So 18-year-old usually doesn't have any resources, no money, no job, no career. But as he accumulates money, income, career, and resources, he becomes more and more valuable in the dating market, right? So a woman who's 35 and a man who's 35 are in completely different categories when it comes to sexual market value, right? They are the mirror image of what it was when the girl was 18 and the boy was 18, right? So... Boys chase girls who are in their late teens, early 20s, right? And the young women, because they are significantly youthful and fertile and so on, they can take their pick, right? Fine, right? That's the way things are, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if a woman who has enjoyed that, you know, 12 years of privilege from 18 to 30, if she then turns around and thinks, well, you know, now I can just choose guys like I did when I was 20, like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen because she now is in a race against the clock. She also has a significant period of dating history. In other words, she has a string of failed and broken relationships, and a woman's heart is like, well, I guess I called it sellotape in England, scotch tape, right? Like, like using masking tape, right? The more you put it on and peel it off, the less adherence it has, right? It, it runs out of stickiness, so to speak. And a woman's pair bonding gets wrecked, by multiple relationships. And you can see this linear progression. It's dose-dependent, right, Dick dose-dependent, which is the more partners a woman has, the more likely she is to divorce her husband. So by the time a woman gets into her 30s, like so, a 20-year-old woman who's had very little in terms of relationships, she's at her youthful prime, her fertility prime, her energy prime, her beauty prime, and she's not been wrecked by a whole series of relationships. A woman who's 30 or in her early 30s, She's getting older, she's starting to show the, the road wear and uh she's also, you know, hardened her heart. She's suspicious, she's dysfunctional to some degree, she's got a lot of baggage, she's maybe done well, one too many, but it's a few too many what what are legitimately called the walks of shame, which is a woman who just goes and sleeps with some guy she barely knows and then walks home at Sunday morning. Maybe she should be heading to church, but instead she's heading home for a long shower and hoping the STD results come back negative. So just a, just this is just basic facts. These all used to be well-known. Uh, maybe it takes a man, maybe even a father figure, to, to remind people of these blunt facts. But a woman who thinks that she's going to have sexual market value in her mid-30s or early 30s that she had when she was in her late teens, early 20s is delusional. I don't want to remind women of that because it's really, really heartbreaking to see women coasting on the tsunami of male attention when she's young and then imagine that she's going to have that same power to pick and choose when she's in her 30s. It's not going to happen. Again, there are exceptions. I get it. But we're talking about the general, right? The general, right? I'm I'm focused on the majority of uh, people and that's where happiness should reside, right? So, you know, some people's cancers spontaneously remit, right? They They just get better on their own. That doesn't mean that people should not get treatment for cancers, right? Yeah, You understand. I mean, You're a smart, smart audience. You know what's going on, right? So what happens is women get all of this male attention and all of these male resources, right? They get taken on vacations. They get taken for naughty weekends at, at bed and breakfast. They get uh, uh, gifts. They get taken out for dinner. They get uh, uh, movies and theater tickets all because they're young. And men put on a mating display called, I have resources. And women put on a mating display called, I am youthful and fertile. And that's the way That we exist as a species. That's why we exist as a species. And then for women, the fertility begins to fade. The fertility markers begin to fade. And suddenly, like literally, they wake up like, oh, crap. And then they start saying, well, where have all the good men gone? Well, of course, the good men were trying to get you into permanent relationships. They were trying to marry you in your 20s. But you said no because you wanted to go to Bali with you know, the the hot, dangerous guy for the weekend or whatever. And so the, the good guys have either settled down with other women who are more realistic and less vainglorious and, and less willing to pillage the accidents of biological desire for the sake of vanity gain. The good men have either settled down, or if you're in your 30s and there's a good man around, what does he want? Let's like, say there's a 35-year-old lawyer or a or, or doctor or an investment banker or, or whatever, right? Bitcoin zillionaire. So let's say there's a guy in his 30s and you want to settle down with him because he's a good provider and a good guy and all that. But he's looking at you and thinking, hmm, that's, you know, clock's ticking and we don't have as much time as I'd like to get to know each other and I'm not sure if I'm being chosen for me or because you have baby rabies, right? You want a baby. So what he's going to do is he is going to dip down through the dating pool age line and start going out with young women in their 20s because he's kind of like a rock star in his 30s. He's a good guy. He's a provider. And you see, for for, for women, fertility signals don't guarantee fertility, right? And that's just a, 10% of married couples do struggle with fertility, right? So for a woman, the man has to kind of roll the dice and hope that she's fertile, which, you know, she likely will, particularly if she's younger. Now, for a young man, the woman has to gamble and hope that he's productive, right? So she'll go for hopefully smarts, she'll go for integrity, she'll go for honesty, she'll go for a work ethic, She go, with, but she has to kind of roll the dice and hope that he is going to be productive later on in life, he's going to make his money. Now, if the man marries a woman, invests in her and, and in their home and, and does all the nesting stuff, and then she turns out to be infertile, that's a real shame. Right, and that's the Henry VIII situation. Sometimes, right, so that's that's really tough, right? Now, if a woman gets married to a young man and he turns out to not be productive, like maybe he he drinks, maybe he you know whatever, right? He 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 sleeps around, he he is a gambler or something. That's really really rough, and this is why there used to be all of this education to men. Like, here's how to figure out if a woman is is youthful and fertile, and well, youthful is easier to understand, but fertile, we'll get to that with makeup. And for the young women, it was you know grit your teeth, cross your legs. And wait for the guy who's a steady stable provider rather than the flashy alpha with the castle who's going to um, not be a good provider for – he may be a good provider but he's not going to be a good husband or a good parent to your children and and that's not a good thing, right? So this is just – and and these basic facts are withheld from women, right? Withheld from women. Uh, Where are the stories of the women who are menopausal? who were dying inside because they didn't have children. And now they're facing 40 years of life with no children, no grandchildren, maybe not even a husband. Their friends move away. Their friends are going to die. You know, and, and there's another tweet I put out that drove people kind of mental, which is I said, you know, women live to be 80 and become mostly infertile at 40. You don't have kids. What are you going to do? With the second 40 years of your life. And of course, all of these people, and you know, I I sympathize, right? I know I sound a little bit harsh, but that's just like snap out of it, you know, Godfather slapping the singer kind of harsh, right? Which is the women were all saying, well, I'm going to do for the second half of my life what I did for the first half of my life. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're not. You're not. Because, of course, the first half, 20 years of your life, you're a child, and um, for the most part, so that's kind of off the, you know, you're not going to be a child again, hopefully. And then what do you do? You go to college, you start your career. So you know, till about thirty, your life is kind of on a train track. Yeah, you got. Whereas last forty years of your life, and of course, women who are forty probably live to be eighty-five or ninety, so it could be closer to a half century. But what what are they going to do? And of course, when women are young, not only. do they, uh, They're on this train track, and men too. But for women, the differentiator is that they're hugely in demand, right? The sexual market value is very high. They're hugely in demand. So men are chasing them all over. Hell's half acre, right? Women get into their 40s and their 50s, and, you know, women complain about being, oh, women are invisible. Older women are invisible to society. It's like, no, they're not. They're not at all invisible to society. Men don't usually want to date them because – Men who want family certainly don't want to date women in their forties and fifties because can't have a family. And like the odds for downs just go through the roof in the forties, right? And it's like that's a real dice roll. So and, and you know, if you're again if you're a guy who's forty, why not just date a woman who's twenty eight? And and then you have, you know, lots of room for, for babies and all that kind of stuff. So and of course the man's fertility remains high. Uh, up until his old age, right? And there is sperm deterioration. I understand that, and, and I get all of that. And, of course, a lot of women are talking about erectile dysfunction. But erectile dysfunction is actually kind of rare for men. Like, I think it's only about 20%, 25% of men, even in their 70s, have any issues with boners and all that, right? It's the last thing nature wants to give up is your diamond heart boner of youth or whatever, right? So, of course, you know, this penis shaming. And, and see, I'm not shaming anyone. I was pointing out the basic facts, right, that uh, t- if a woman wants to bag a quality guy... She has to do it when she's young. So where are the stories in in movies like this, all these stories of of sad women and women who have cancer and women who, where are all the stories of women who didn't have babies and and regret it, right? They're, They're all over the place. I mean, tons of women like that. I think it's like, what is it, one in four women over 40 in the UK is without any children at all. And coincidentally, one out of four women are on antidepressants in other locations, but... All of this is hidden from women in the great don't-have-children-depopulation propaganda that is infesting the West at the moment. So, so I just pointed out some basic facts. second half of your life, ladies, not going to be like the first. You're not going to be a child. You're not going to be a high sexual market value. And it's a lot of time to fill. Man, it's a lot of time to fill. It's a lot of time to fill. And women are not invisible to their families. So, yeah, some 62-year-old woman wandering them all, yeah, people aren't going to give her a second glance compared to some 22-year-old hottie, right? Yeah, okay. But if she's the matriarch of a big, loving, happy family, she gets huge amounts of attention and praise and company and companionship and so on, right? So I'm just trying to, you know, help women and, and people be happy, right? <laughs> Happiness is the gig. That's the job of the philosopher. And the job description is, you know, hate me now, love me later. That's just the way it goes, right? So people are going to get mad at me now. I get it. They're going to get mad at me, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you, you're an incel. you got a tiny dick and you can't get laid and and, and no was going to have sex with you and don't get into an elevator with this guy. Like I get all of that. is all just a bunch of noise and nonsense, right? Um, what happens then is people are like – they get nervous and, and women don't want to be reminded of this for reasons I'll get into. And, you know, then people – Say, oh man, I you know what? I I gotta stop sleeping around. I gotta start looking for a quality guy. I gotta give, you know, this orbiter, this beta guy, a second look because you know he's a good provider and all of that. So you know, I'll grit my teeth and, and settle down with a good guy. And you know, will they come back and thank me? Well, sure, sure they will. I got an email. It's my inbox is full of, of people's. Saying, you know, I took your advice. I settled down. I have a kid. I'm I'm thrilled. I'm happy. It's wonderful. And blah blah blah. As opposed to all the walk of shame girls. And right, so I get it. People will hate me now. They'll love me later. And what can I tell you? Right, eh, the doctor who told me I was overweight didn't didn't like hearing it. Lost 25 pounds. Kept him off. All right. So then I started talking about lipstick. <laughs> now this sounds like, and, and people are like, lipstick. What are you talking about? You know. Why would you talk about you know Bilderbergers and 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 Rockefellers and and Jeffrey Epstein? Why are you talking about lipstick? It's like no, it's a reason, man. It's a reason. I don't do things randomly, and I've been at this for a very long time. And so, yeah, I. Um oh, and I I posted a photo that just came off my cell phone as my avatar. Right, just, I was in a restaurant, just took a selfie on a low, fairly low res camera, and uh, yeah, put that up because you know it's all part of the plan. Anyway, so. I started talking about lipstick. So what I pointed out was that um, when a woman is sexually aroused, her lips become redder, her cheeks become flushed. I mean, it's not the O face in particular, although it can be. But so I was sort of pointing out that women who wear significant makeup—like I'm not talking about a little bit of foundation or something, or some some fairly neutral lipstick. I mean, that's and I don't care if women wear lipstick; it's fine with me. But if you go to work highlighting physical characteristics of sexual arousal, then a similar thing for men would be having a giant artificial boner straining at your pants all day, <laughs> right? If you, if you came in with a full-on Freddie Mercury cucumber stuffed down your pants and walked around, people would be like, what are you doing? That is harassing. That is that's inappropriate. That is wrong. It's gross, right? Well, if a woman comes in with bright red lipstick and, and and flush and cheeks, cheeks flushed and so on. She is displaying signs of sexual arousal in the workplace. Why? Why is that okay? Why is that fine? And of course, you know, and women went kind of crazy. And that's weird to me. I mean, I'll explain it. It took me a little while to sort of come up with the whole trap, I suppose. But it was weird to me because if, you know, there's this old funny picture of like, Guy being ignored by women, guy gets guitar and women's clothes fall off, right? So yeah, if, if, if uh, people would say to me, 90% of civilization is men building stuff to attract women, I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 90% of ambition. Why, why do men become doctors? Because they like doing throat swabs all day? No, because doctors are high status and women want to date them and you can get a more attractive and, and higher quality wife if you make money. It's not. You know, it's not that – do men wake up in the morning and say, I just want abs for myself? It's like, no, abs are like hard work and you get dehydrated and you've got to do 4,000 sit-ups and you've got to not eat carbs apparently. I don't know how it works, but I haven't habit But if people say to me, you know, most of what men do is to attract women, I'd be like, well, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, the, and the world is not flat. I, I mean, I get, why would you get so mad, so upset, right? Well, there's a reason. And I will tell you that reason now. So this is why. I talked about this. People went kind of nuts on this, right? And I also pointed out, this was I think just yesterday, I also pointed out that as women age, their lips get thinner and more pale, right? They'll be less collagen or whatever it is, right? Collagen. So they get, the lips get thinner and the lips get less vivid, right? They're, They're duller and they're thinner. And so when a woman puts lipstick on, she is imitating youth. So she's not just putting on a sexually aroused semi-O face. She's also putting on a marker of youthful fertility that she doesn't currently possess. This is a fact, right? It's a basic fact, right? And this, this one is supposed to be a, a biologist or something. A, one guy got really mad and called me physically ugly for pointing this out. And... <laughs> You know, it's just, its its just you know, this is a guy who claims to be, uh, Darcy, I think his name was uh, on, on Twitter, claims to be a, a, a teacher. Well, he is a professor. I suppose he teaches at universities and is, promotes critical thinking, you see. But I point out a physical fact, fact about women's lips and suddenly I hate all women. I mean, that's just hysteria, right? Oh, well. You know, being a white knight is a perfectly valid reproductive strategy. You know, it's basically like scavenging rather than hunting your own food. But, you know, I guess it's valid if you have no pride. So... So I pointed out all of this, and women in general, some women, you know, again, there's exceptions, right? Some of women are like, well, yeah, perfectly obvious, right? But they tend to be women in happy, committed relationships. But a lot of women went kind of crazy when I'm pointing out these basic facts and got really aggressive and really hostile and really vicious, right? Body shaming, age shaming, penis shaming, you name it, right? And the question is why? Well, the answer is, I'm not going to say simple, but once you see it, the answer is very, very clear. Okay. So what is the purpose of makeup? The purpose of makeup is to mimic youthful fertility markers in a woman's face, right? So, I mean, just think of something as simple as dyeing your hair, right? So this one woman said, oh, I'm in my 50s, my lips are plump, she still had lipstick on, and I'm dating a younger man. But, you know, her hair was dyed, right? So just think, gray in the hair is a marker of age, right? And it's a signal to men that fertility window is passed and you focus your attention. So dyeing your hair, is a youthful fertility symbol, right? I don't dye my hair, I don't dye my beard, or whatever. Right? I am fifty-two. It's just a fact. I'm not going to hide it. And of course, I'm in a very happily uh, loving um, marital relationship, so well, I care if women. Oh no, they're going to withhold sex from me that I don't want. So that's a simple one, right? If you look at eyeshadow, well, youth. When you're young, your eyes are, are clearer and brighter, and 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 larger. Uh, And so, because, you know, you sank a little as you go along. Although eyes, in fact, are the one thing I think that from birth to death stay the same size, which is basic neoteny. You can look that up. Girl Writes What has good videos on that. But so uh, makeup is a way of making a woman's eyes pop and appear brighter, which makes them look larger and and is a youthful fertility marker. Uh, Even skin, right? I mean, I had freckles when I was younger, and then I had fewer freckles. Now I'm getting a few more sun freckles. They're not age spots because I don't have them on the backs of my hands, but I've got some freckles, right? And so, you know, foundation to smooth out skin is a way of hiding age spots and so on. And this is what makeup does. And, and uh, of course, the um, you know, fuller eyebrows. Eyebrows also thin out when you get older. So fuller eyebrows is a youthful fertility marker. Lipstick, of course, we've talked about youthful fertility marker. I get it, right? So it's all, all perfectly uh, perfectly understandable, right? And this is why men don't want overweight women right because overweight women um, they can miss periods they can be infertile based upon simply excess weight and they're probably not going to be around long enough to be grandmothers and they can't play with the kids that much and because their knees hurt their joints hurt and they're going to have health problems going to be expensive right so so we all we all understand so it's a fun battle right between men and women so women are trying to appear younger and more fertile and makeup provides these This accent to these fertility markers like eyebrows and full lips and and even skin and the hair dye and so on. Makeup is – I put hair dye in that category. So women are continually trying to appear younger and more fertile. And men, a lot of times, are trying to pretend that they have more resources than they actually do, right? So this story, I think it was from Sandman, where this guy would hang out by a bank machine until he he found in the garbage someone's deposit slip, which had a huge amount of money in it, like $100,000 or something like that. And then on a date, he'd offer the girl his number and he'd write it on the back of this slip. And then at some point, she might turn it over, see this huge amount of money. And then she'd want to date him or something like that and get access to that money. So, And you, you can see the guys who they'll like rent a Lamborghini for their profile shot or whatever it is, right? So, yeah, men will sometimes fake that they have more resources, although that's a harder thing to do. Whereas women will fake that they're younger and more fertile, right? So then women come back hard and they say, aha, but if youth is attractive to men and makeup imitates youth, then why do teenage girls use so much makeup? And the answer to that is quite simple, which is there's not an upper limit to these markers for for men in general, I mean, other than pure crazy clown face, right? So there are these birds that, and a lot of birds have this, like their impulse is to sit on the biggest egg because the biggest egg is probably the strongest and most viable of their offspring, right? So sit on the biggest egg. And so you see these pictures, you can see them out there on the internet of birds, tiny birds sitting on this giant ostrich egg. Like like a little hat on my head, right? And that's because their programming is sit on the biggest egg. There's not an upward limit where they say, Well, that egg's too big, that can't even possibly be my species, because that would never happen in in there in the wild, right? You can create that, right? So there's not an upper limit. To that particular biological programming, and so if a woman is already young and fertile, and then puts on additional fertility markers, men don't say, "Well, that's just playing crazy." They're like, mm, <laughs> "Even better, even better, right?" So this interesting contest of of both attraction and deception is really, really important. So I've said for years, I believe there's this sort of famous reality that men like to make women laugh. You know what do women say about men when they're young? Young girls say about men. He's, he's cute and he's funny, right? That's, that's like the big thing, right? So yes, men work hard to make women laugh. And I think one of the reasons for that is that it's hard to tell how old a woman is until she laughs. I dated an old, a woman who was seven years older than me. I dated when I was younger. And she looked young until she laughed. And then it was just like, take that eggshell, and, right? And so to make a woman laugh, has her reveal her age right It's like kim kardashian like that frozen faced warrior of Revlon, she says she doesn't like to smile or laugh because it promotes wrinkles right so i guess you can wear that oh, no no it's too easy i like kim anyway so so that's kind of like a battle make a woman laugh and you can reveal how old she is or if she doesn't laugh you know she's hiding her age or has no sense of humor in which case it's kind of a danger signal now here's the thing right so when i talk about sexual market value i'm not talking about Human value. Right? This is a really, really important distinction. I'm talking about sexual market value. I'm talking about the reason why we're all here and why we survived as a species. I'm not talking about you can be a wonderful, kind, great, good person when you're past your sexual market value prime. Of course you can, right? Now, I believe that you should have used your sexual market value prime to build the foundations of a family that's going to help ride you out into old age because, you know, that's, that's kind of an important part. Of, of life is getting older and preparing for the second half of your life, which is not just a mirror image of the first half of your life. So I'm not talking about your values as a human being. Everybody should be equal under the law. People can make wonderful contributions. You know, two influential women in my intellectual life have been Ayn Rand and Ann Coulter. They've not had children, and, and and I don't think Ann Coulter never even got married. And so it's, it's fine. You can still be a, a really great person with a great contribution and so on, right? But We just have to understand the basic reality of this transaction. So the average woman will spend, I'm talking Canadian dollars, about $20,000 over the course of her life on makeup, hair dyes, and stuff like that. About $20,000, right? It's not a small amount of money. It's a decent car, right? But... Why does she spend that money now? People, women will say silly things like, "Oh, well, it's just fun. I, it, it just, it's just for me. Uh, it, it, it helps my outfit to pop, and it's certainly not to attract wizened old sorcerers like yourself, Mister It's Like, yeah, that's all nonsense, right? So, why does she spend this money? Women aren't dumb, right? Why does she spend this money? Well, she spends this money because it's an investment in getting a man who makes more. So, let's say that spending twenty thousand dollars on makeup and fertility markers and accentuating your appearance over the course of your life so you invest that $20,000 but you get a man who makes $100,000 instead of $80,000 because you look better and this is an old Tom Likas thing, Tom Lykus used to talk about a guy uh, would, would talk to Ben and the men would say my wife is overweight and he'd say well then you're unattractive, right? You don't make much money, right? So if, if your girlfriend is overweight it's because you don't make much money and every single time it seemed to be the case, right? And that's just the reality, right? So, if a woman spends $20,000 over the course of her life on accentuating her appearance, but she ends up getting a man who makes $20,000 a year more, it's a pretty good investment, right? $20,000 over the course of your life to get an extra $20,000 a year. Now, maybe it's only $5,000 a year, right? So what? maybe it's only one thousand dollars extra a year the guy makes, but over a thirty-year marriage, you're still making an extra ten thousand dollars by investing twenty grand in makeup. It's it's just a deal. It's not a bad thing. It's just the way that nature works, right? You see this all the time. These, these crazy birds that that go out and the male birds that go out and clear these nests and and build these structures and you know fluff up their feathers and do these crazy dances all for like the one second bird mating thing, right? I mean, that's just the way we're mammals. It's the way way things work. There's nothing wrong with this. It's not a complaint. It's not a, ooh, that's bad. I mean, it really struck me a couple years ago. I went into, you know, one of these crazy bath bomb and weird soaps and jelly stuff stores, and there was a cosmetics, like sort of these little pyramids of cosmetics, right? And over it, it said, tools of the trade. Tools of the trade. I think I got a picture of it somewhere. Anyway, tools of the trade. Now, women were going in and out of this store, and they were browsing at this, glancing at this sign. And no women was like – women weren't like, oh, this is offensive. This is – are you calling us prostitutes? Women were they, – they know. Come on, ladies. You know the deal. You know the deal. This is not <laughs> – this is not overly uh, complicated. Come on. And nobody was offended. Nobody was upset. Nobody was demanding that they take the store down and all that. So that's – I mean – Everybody knows uh, everybody knows I mean that 's why like ninety percent of malls are dedicated to making women look better or provide them with high status materials right which is you know your 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 high heels which puts your ass up on a shelf and puts you in a sexually sexually suggestive position and makes your uh, calves uh, look great and all that this all just it's just the way things are it 's why there's almost no stores for men because see women control ninety percent of domestic spending in a, in a household right and, and this is It's a really important thing. This is like a really, really important thing. One of the main reasons I'm doing this is women have way too much power these days, way too much power. They've got more political power because they vote more and they vote longer because they live longer than men. They have more economic power because they control 90% of the spending and there's a massive program to get money into the hands of women, particularly through alimony, child support, divorce courts and so on because women will spend like crazy and stimulate the economy like cocaine stimulates happiness. Women have... A huge amount of of, um, educational power. There's a lot of places where women are now the majority uh, undergraduates in universities. Women have a huge amount of uh, job power because there's so many positive hiring, discrimination, bigotry, sexism programs for women. And so women have so much power at the moment. And a lot of that power is founded on makeup. It's founded on using makeup, fertility symbols to bypass the man's rational faculties and appeal directly to his bonobo brain, right, to his his monkey brain, right? So when I talk to men about the power of makeup, once you understand the power of makeup, it loses most of its power. Aha, now you see we're getting to the heart of the matter. Why? Why? Are women so angry? And why you'd think feminists would be on my side? Yeah, makeup objectifies women, and, and makeup dehumanizes women, and, and makeup turns women into brood mares, sex objects, and blah blah blah. So, but of course, the feminists were the most angry at me. Why? Because I'm taking away power from women. I'm taking away power from women by pointing out. And see, makeup doesn't work if you see it for what it is. So you see, let's say you're in a business meeting. Some woman sits down opposite you, and she's got lipstick and bright lipstick on, and blah blah blah, blush, and all that, right? low-cut top, whatever it is, right? Now, if you don't know what's going on, you're going to be manipulated, and you're going to lose, most likely. But if you do know what's going on, you'll say, oh, so this is a woman who is attempting to manipulate men by accentuating fertility markers and attempting to bypass my rational faculties. That doesn't mean that the woman is bad. It doesn't mean she's nasty. It doesn't mean she's doing it consciously. It doesn't matter. You can't stop and ask the male bird why he's Preening and building a whole castle of fertility to attract a female bird. You mean that the, the the deer that are ramming heads against each other, the male deer are ramming heads against each other. They don't know what the hell they're doing. It's just an instinct. It's not. It's not a complaint. It's not. Oh, women are bad. It's just it's the way things are. But the moment, like if you if you sit across from a woman or, a, or you're on a date and the woman comes up dressed to the nines with all the makeup and fertility markers on, you know what's going on. It's nothing wrong with it. But it takes away the power like that, right? Because then you see, oh, okay, so this is a woman who's accentuating fertility markers in order to dominate in an interpersonal interaction. You see it for what it is. It takes that power away. Now, very few organisms in this world like it when you take away their power. And this is why feminists get particularly angry, which makes no sense according to feminist theory, when I point out the realities of makeup and fertility. It's taking away power. but it's an unjust power. It's an unfair power. You understand, right? It's, it's, not, it's not fair. It's not reasonable. Because women can get male resources by just voting, right? By just voting to have the government take money from men and give it to women, right? Women can get male resources through divorce, through alimony, through child support. You know, it's crazy. Child support is one matter. Alimony is completely ridiculous. Being married is a job. If you quit your job or you get fired from your job, you don't get to keep getting paid, but for women anyway, it's just a bunch of a silly, silly, dangerous stuff. So, yeah, women don't like it when you take away their power. Makeup is a great power, and when you see the reality of makeup for what it is, it loses its power. And men get liberated to actually deal with women as equals rather than as manipulated monkeys uh, chasing pheromones. Right. So, I'll give you an example. Right. So you probably heard of this woman, Elizabeth Holmes. Right. This this young you know, big blue eyes, like a startled baby, crazy amounts of makeup and and super red lips and so on. So she was this young woman who dropped out of Stanford. And she had this idea, you know, wouldn't it be great if you could invent a machine about the size of a printer that you could just pinprick your finger and, and put the cartridge in and it would analyze hundreds of different types of blood markers and you could figure out your disease potential and, you know, blah, 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 blah. blah. It's, it's all it's all fantasy, and it's all nonsense, and none of it ever worked. None of it ever worked. But this woman was able to raise $900 million. Her company was valued at $8 billion, I think it was. She was became the youngest female self-made billionaire in history. She attracted to the board of her company people like you know Henry Kissinger and George Shultz, and she got – Investments from Rupert Murdoch, 120 million or something like that, and Beth and the DuVos Foundation, and so on. So it was almost exclusively men who invested and who she manipulated. And how does she do it? How does she do it? She wasn't trained in the field. Right? M- medicine is not like software. Software, you just have to know how to code, have a great idea, be willing to work like crazy. I know. I founded co-founded a software company, but medical. Is is very, very different. You need a lot of expertise, a lot of science. And she just had this fantasy, wouldn't it be great if, you know, yeah, it'd be great if we could time travel, it'd be great if we could teleport, you know. <laughs> it's not a business model. And none of it ever worked, really. And she founded a company in two thousand and three, and the company, I think, finally dissolved in twenty seventeen. Having burnt through nearly a billion dollars of investment money, and of course tying up hundreds of people of incredibly high skill in pursuing Something that could never work, can't occur, right? You, you can't get accurate blood readings from a drop of blood if there's too much debris. And, and you can't fit it down into the size of a box. And she never got FDA approval. It was never going to work. Now, how, how did it last for so long? How did it last for almost a decade and a half? How did so many powerful people buy into this crap? Well, it's because she was young and pretty. And men have a very tough time saying no to a big, blue eyed, lipsticked, over made up face. I mean, she looked like, uh, like a vampire had been <laughs> recently feasting, which I guess she was, economically speaking. And that's how it, it kind of works. See, but only you've taken one hour to disprove all of these almost 15 years, it would only have taken one hour to disprove all this nonsense, right? All you do is you go in and you say, okay. Uh, I'm going to put my blood into one of these machines. Let me sit here and watch while it produces all of these. She's up to 800, ridiculous, up to 800 blood test results, right? So I put my, okay, uh, thank you. That took about an hour, she said. I think half an hour is supposed to be right. So I've got got these results. Now I'm going to go and get a venous drawer, like a a full vein drawer, and and then get it done by a professional lab, and I'm going to compare the results. That's all you needed to do. That's all you needed to do. Half an hour, an hour. You get you get it disproven. But it went on and on and on. And you got stores, I think it was Safeway, invested hundreds of millions of dollars trying to create these wellness clinics and there was I mean, it was it was nuts. It was nuts. And it it bothers me in particular as a guy who's getting older and survived cancer. You know, that, that money, that expertise could have got us a cure for cancer. But it didn't. And now she's facing I think her trial begins next year, her and this. Pakistani guy named Sunny who was her boyfriend and she never told anyone because that's all kinds of honest so no like there's a real these are real world consequences right real world consequences for makeup and female beauty and how it bypasses otherwise critical male faculties so yeah I'm taking away a lot of power from women which is right and good and fair right because I mean that's the real matriarchy right now is is this stuff right And why would women be bothered by that? Well, if you take away the power of makeup from women, then they have to bring something other than fertility markers to the table to bring value to a man, something other than mere markers of sexual arousal or sexual access or youth and fertility. They have to actually bring what? Intelligence, integrity, virtue, consistency, loyalty – That's what they have to start bringing to the table. It's a whole lot easier to buy a tube of lipstick than it is to actually be a better person. So in taking away all this manipulative face paint garbage, I'm saying to women, well, now you have to bring something other than lipstick to the table. Now, if a woman has invested a lot of her time in making herself look pretty rather than becoming a decent, honorable, virtuous person of integrity... Well, she's not going to like that, right? She's going to want to stay. And, oh, thank you. I'll stay with the sexual access power, right? And this is why, of course, when women got mad at me, what was the first thing they did? They said, uh, well, you never get laid, and, and women should never spend any time with this guy, and you're never going to see a vagina again. And it tells you all you need to know. There's a reason why I let it go on for so long. It tells you all you need to know, which is that the only thing that these women can think to punish someone who's threatening their self-interest is to deny sex, which means that the fundamental thing that they have to offer is sexual access, right? I'm taking my ball and going home, (laughs) right? You understand how this works, right? If the only thing that women can think to do to attack me is to deny me sexual access, well, that's what they think they have to bring to the table to begin with, and that's not fair. That's not right. First of all, women have an enormous amount more to bring to the table than the butts that are sitting on, and secondly, it's an unjust manipulative power that comes out of... Biology and history. It's wrong. It's wrong. You're going to need virtue rather than lipstick. And that's a harder thing to achieve, but it's going to make you happier in the long run. And there's this other weird thing, too, when you start talking about fertility markers and eggs dying and, and all that, that. A lot of women came back with this Marxist claptrap about, well, you know, women are not just baby factories, we're not just brood mares, we don't just exist to birth babies for men. That's insane stuff, man. First of all, motherhood is not just squeezing out a pop. That's like saying that Rembrandt uses a paintbrush just like a house painter. I mean, come on. This is Motherhood is a very noble and deep and powerful calling. And motherhood and mothering is the way in which cultural values get transmitted from generation to generation. And those cultural values took thousands of years and hundreds of millions of lives to achieve. And if they're not transmitted to the young, in other words, if women can can be convinced to just get educated, go into usually crappy jobs and dump their kids in daycare, well, the barely literate immigrants who often staff these welfare baby factories, they're not going to be transmitting a whole lot of Western culture to the children now, are they? That's the whole point, you understand? Separate moms from their children and you kill the transmission of culture. That's what motherhood is. Is the maintenance of the culture that many millions have struggled and died and suffered to bring into existence? Well, brood mares, and they're talking about their own moms. Do you think your own mom is just a brood mare or a baby factory for men? See, men can be tax slaves for women, but heaven forbid that women have children. <laughs> women aren't just here to produce children. It's like The only reason that any of us are here is because women produce children. So we're started. I don't even know what to say. And they always refer to this this Margaret Atwood crap, the, the Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. Which is this fictional Christian suppress women's fertility under his eye universe, which is a complete act of rank cowardice because there are actually hundreds of millions of women out there in the world who are trapped in burkers where a real patriarchy is controlling what they do, but you see, brave feminist Margaret Atwood is not going to write about that. You see, she's gonna pick on imaginary Christians rather than oh well, come on. It's uh, all the brave people who pick on a religion that commands its followers to love their enemies. Ooh, so brave, so noble, so powerful. It was terrible. Convince women that well, you just broodmares for a thing. Ugh, it's so dehumanizing. And of course it destroys. Culture destroys birth rates, destroys societies, and women are just wandering into this like it ain't nothing. So the okay, last thing I wanted to mention is this. Look, partly I, I I just don't like the unjust power that women have, and things need to be more equal between. And I just need to wake men up to how they're being manipulated. And again, I'm not blaming women. This is just how the world evolved, and they're not mostly not doing it consciously, although you can see from the reaction on Twitter that they know something's going on. <laughs> they know something important is happening, and it is. It is. I need to wake men up to how they're being manipulated by these fertility markers so that women don't have this power plus the economic power, plus the political power, plus the power of the family courts, plus the educational power, plus the youthful sexual beauty power, plus, plus, plus. Like, it's not healthy. Power corrupts people. And I don't like to see the soul of women getting corrupt by unjust and excess power. This is one I can do something about. This is why I want you to like and subscribe and share this video and, of course, donate, freedomainradio.com forward slash donate. But here's the basic reality. Look, for all the women who are somehow under the impression you see that they can just sail through life banging random guys, not saving for their old, because, you know, the government's going to be there when they get older. Uh, spoiler, it's not. It's not. Look at the unfunded liabilities in the West. Look at the national debts. Look at the stagnation of the economy. Look at the wage stagnation. I mean, come on. Come on. The government is not going to be there for you. And and when the government is no longer there for you, when the government is not going to pay for your old age pensions and your health care and so on, you're going to need some people who support you. You're going to need some people that you've invested in. You're going to need a tribe. You're going to need a family. You're going to need a community. Because you won't just be able to wave signs and get politicians to cough up Men's taxes in your general direction. You're going to need a family. So nobody else is going to care for you that way. So throw away the makeup. Stop manipulating men. Become a better person. Become someone worthy of love. Genuine love. Our involuntary response to virtue if we are virtuous. Grow out of the merely mammalian. Grow into your spirit and your potential and your virtue. Aim for love, which sustains and protects, and not lust, which corrupts and merely degrades.